You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Good morning, church. As I mentioned in the video, God created light. This actually happened on the first day of creation. God said, let there be light, and boom, there was light. Isn't God awesome? He did that to give light to a dark world. In the video, I told you a lot about myself, but there are some other people who mean the world to me. So first we have my dad. His name is Wes, and he's the uh, mission pastor here at our church. And my dad can pretty much do it all. I guess you could call him a handyman. So the other day, I was just like taking a shower, you know, just doing my thing. And all of a sudden, like, I'm thinking, like, this water is rising. Like, what is the deal? Like, this is a shower, not a bath. Like, the water was just coming out of the drain. I'm like, man, this is not right. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll give it a few minutes. So it just kept getting higher and higher. So I'm like, man, this is crazy. So I just put my towel on. I'm like, hey, yo, dad, come here. And he comes. He's just like, what is it? And I'm like, the drain. It's like, it's not draining water. So he's like, okay. And he just like, you know, unclogged the drain. He just pulled out all Lauren's hair out, really. And um, so, yeah, he, um, he unclogged the drain so he could do that. Um, he actually built the shed in our woods completely by himself. And it's, it's a big shed. And uh, so he, I guess he's kind of a carpenter too. And the other day I was just driving down the road and all of a sudden like my back right tire just like blew up, literally just blew up. And uh, I just pull over. I'm like, oh, so I get out of my car, I walk around, I'm just like, man, it was a gash. Like, I'm thinking, oh, how do I fix this? So I call my dad, and he's just like, he came, and he, you know, replaced the tire and stuff, so um, he can do that too. He's kind of like a mechanic. But most of all, my dad loves and adores my mom, and that brings me to my mom. Her name is Karen, and she is just a very, 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 very smart lady. She's currently working on her master's degree. She's also, like, teaches currently. And my mom is just like the sweetest woman in the world. Like uh, the other day I was at work and I was pretty stressed out. And I'm just texting my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm not, I'm not having a good day. And she's like, I'll pray for you. And, and she did. And not only that, like while I was at work, she went and took my laundry, completely uh, washed my laundry, hung my laundry, folded my laundry, and, you know, put it back in my room. She also went and made my bed, cleaned my room, and put like... Uh, notes of encouragement all over my room. So, I mean, I'm not trying to bash any moms out there, but I have a pretty good mom. Uh, then we have Lauren, and she is the oldest of the four of us, and she is 20 years old and currently going to James Madison University. Uh, she is involved with um, two intervarsity, well, she's involved with IV and uh, crew, and that's both like uh, campus ministries. And Lauren is just, uh, she's my inspiration for being a light, because she definitely is a light in her school. And another cool thing that she does is, you know, there's not that many Christians at JMU, and especially not on her hall. And she has this whiteboard, and she puts this whiteboard on her door and actually writes, like, encouraging Bible verses and just encouragement to everybody out there. And so um, that is just, um, you know, I applaud her for that because it takes a lot to do that. And then we have Branson, who is 16 years old, and he actually came, he came up to me at the end of the last service. He was like, I apparently said he was 14. I just kind of, I guess I panicked. I was like, oh yeah, he's 14. Uh, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm 16. I'm like, okay, I got you. I'll make sure I, edit, I you know, really say that this time. He's 16 years old. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he plays the synth. You probably saw him right back there. He also plays uh, the Lothian. He has an ear for music. Like, he really has an ear for music. If I tell him, hey, Branson, learn this song, I just tell him the name of the song. He listens to it one time, and he can just play it, like, it doesn't take, like, he doesn't have to look, look up the notes or anything like that. He can just play it. It's, it's pretty incredible. And then we have uh, Benjamin. He is 14. And um, Benjamin plays something, too. 
He plays his iPod. He is literally on that thing 24-7 just, you know, just doing stuff on it. I mean, that's not the only thing he plays. He also plays the Wii, the Xbox, the PlayStation, you know, anything on his laptop. He's always on a screen. But um, he also plays soccer, so I'll give him that. He's a very gifted athlete. But what I'm trying to get at is all of them are lights. Everybody in my family is a light in a very, you know, special and unique way. But I better get back to my message if we plan on getting out of here on time. In Genesis 1-3, God creates light, day and night. And he does all that on the first day. Of course, we know that in our solar system, our source of light is the sun. So here's some interesting facts about the sun. The sun is one of billions of stars. The sun is 870,000 miles wide. That's like, that's like a lot bigger than this room. The sun is 109 times bigger, oh wait, the, is, the sun is 109 times wider than the earth and 333,000 times heavier than the earth. The sun's core is 27 million, 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. And for you math people out there, if you want to know the Celsius, you would take 27 million minus 32, times that by 5, and then divide by 9. So what would, I mean, it just, it takes the sun 8.2 minutes to transmit the sunlight down to earth. So like eight, only 8.2 minutes. So what would happen if the sun just disappeared? Well, as many of you already know, the sun creates photosynthesis. 99.9% of the Earth's productivity is done with photosynthesis. So without the sun, there would be no plants, which would result in no oxygen, and you get the rest. But also, like this, without the sun, we would all freeze to death, and the Earth itself would be destroyed because the sun keeps the Earth in orbit. So God is like the sun because it is him who lights our world. We need him to survive. So if God is the sun, then who are we as Christians? Well, I'll tell you. In this analogy, we are the moon. No, we as humans can't control the tides or serve as a counterbalance to the gravitational pull of the earth like the moon does. But what we can do is reflect the light. We can reflect the light of the sun off of us and into the dark world. Because isn't that what the moon does? Give us light at night? I'm now going to demonstrate what this means in a pretty cool way. So this spotlight right here. This spotlight that's about to come on um, represents God. And this mirror right here represents us as Christians. And then you guys out in the audience represent, you know, our fallen world. No offense. Anyways, um, we are called to reflect the light off of God, off of us as Christians, and into our dark world. Now I'm going to demonstrate this. And just as this light beams some of you guys in the eyes, like just look at the impact it's making on you guys. Like this is bright. Hey, Christ. This is, this is really, really bright, like really bright. And um, I mean, this is just what we are called to do in our life as Christians. And I'm really having too much fun with this. Hello, Hans. How's the wedding? Good? Okay. But yeah, the source of the light is shining. I'm reflecting it and you are seeing the reflection of the source of the light. You see, Christ says in John 9 verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So is God saying that when he is not in physical form, he's not in the world? No, of course not. He makes the point that we as Christians have to be his light on earth. We must reflect the light from God into our dark world and literally light it up like the moon does for us at night. It's kind of like when we were younger and 
our parents, as long as they were like in our household, like physically there, they were the boss, and you know, everything always ran really smoothly because they were there. But one day, they just decided, hey, let's have a date night, and they wanted to leave us perfect kids behind. Who knows why they want to do that? I mean, we're, we're great. But anyways, um, she decided that, all right, we're going to have a date night, and it's kind of like the rule of thumb. You have to like elect and like put the oldest in charge, whatever. I don't know why people do that. That's crazy. So that's like, they made Lauren in charge. They put her in charge. And you know, things just didn't always go smoothly when she was in charge. Like, I mean, I mean they went all right. It was, it was always nice, but I mean, things just didn't always go smoothly. But you know, finally one time came and she was gone. My parents decided to have a date night and they're like, all right, we got to put Daniel in charge because, you know, he's the next oldest and Lauren wasn't there. So they put me in charge and oh my gosh, things just went so perfectly at, at our house. Like, it was just great every time, like every time this happened. Except for the first time, the very, very first time, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Of course, it wasn't. It was a long time ago. But um, they put me in charge, and I was like, man, this is great. This is the very, very first time. It was, it was a night, and um, they were gone, and it was just Branson Benjamin. They were up in their room, and I was just, you know, thinking, like, what should I do? And I'm like, I'm going to scare them. Like, that'd be perfect. I have to scare my brothers. That's just, that's perfect. So I'm thinking, I'm not going to do anything lame, like hide in a closet and jump out. Like, I got to do something, like, big. So I decided, like, what's scarier than a ghost? So I put a sheet over my head. Now I'm just going to, like, run down and, like, bust open the door and just, like, scare him. So I did that. You know, I put the sheet over my head, like, ran down the hallway, busted open the door, just screamed at the top of my lungs, just start running around. And then all of a sudden, I met something. It was the corner of a wall. Really, really hard. It hit me right in the head. I was just, like, laid out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is going on? Like, had this big knot on my head. And it was actually them who were taking care of me that night. But, I mean, other than that, it runs pretty smoothly. So, you know, the moral of the story is when you're trying to scare your brothers and put a sheet over your head, cut out eyes. (laughs) No, but the real point is when Jesus left, he wanted us to represent him in the world. And as the light reflected off the mirror into some of you, we need to have that same kind of impact as we represent Christ in our world. Before I get any further, there's a key point I don't want you to miss. The light is always there. It's always shining. I may have the mirror in my hand and be ready to reflect, but if I'm not standing in the light, then I'm not reflecting anything. Standing in the light means that I am in line with the light by studying the Bible, by praying, by even just thinking in the light. You have got to be his light if you have any chance of reflecting him in the world. In Matthew 5, we have Jesus on scene. He sees a bunch of people and says, Hey, here's a good crowd. Let me tell them about me and what it looks like to be affected by my light. If we go down to Matthew 5, to verses 14 through 16, Jesus tells them, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In verse 15, he says, No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a basket. But when you light a light, you put it high on a stand so that everyone can see it. Then we come to our key verse today, which is Matthew 5, 16. Just like these lights, let your light shine in front of others so that they can see your good work and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So I see it right here in front of me and it looks pretty easy. But when he says, let your light shine before others, I think he means those who are in darkness. It's really easy to be a light in this room. Everybody is a light. But being a light in darkness is really hard. So as everybody is very well aware, I play football and I am a free safety for the Central Virginia Disciples. And we are basically like a homeschool private school team out of Verina area. And uh, we play teams all over the East Coast. And um, last year we had a really, really good team. We actually uh, went 13-0. and 
And, um, you know, went out our conference and, you know, actually got, had the privilege of playing in Florida for, to compete for the national championship, which we won and brought back, you know, brought the title back to VA. So that was pretty good. But anyways, um, I remember one game, like, really specifically. It was our, our conference championship. We were 9-0 at this point, and uh, we were playing the Maryland Saints. And every team has, like, their rival team. And, like, when you play them, like, your emotions are always running high. And, you know, there's always just a bunch of just, you know, crazy stuff that happens. Um, and our, our big rival team is the Maryland Saints. And, you know, we're going into our conference championship. And we're 9-0. Like, we have absolutely everything to lose and, you know, everything to gain as well. And they have, you know, not, not too much to lose because at this point, you know, they had lost a couple, couple games. You know, they just happened to be there. And uh, they, they happened to do really well in our conference, so that's why they were there. And, um, you know, I was starting free safety, but something happened, you know, the prior week, and I actually got bumped up on the depth chart to uh, starting running back. So I was starting both ways. And I remember uh, one of the – it was the opening drive. You know, I took the handoff. And, you know, I cut the hole and actually got out of bounds, but all of a sudden I just got, like, you know, mobbed by people, got taken down, and, like, they actually took my helmet and ripped off my helmet, and, like, they're, like, stomping my head and, like, kicking me in the face, and, like, they have cleats on, like, this hurts, like, a lot. And so, like, they're stomping my head, I'm thinking, man, come on. And, like, I actually have, like, blood, like, coming out of my nose and mouth and had some spots on my head, and I'm just, like... You know, I got up, and I just went off the sideline, got myself cleaned up, and, you know, got back out on the field and, uh, you know, resumed playing the game how it's, you know, supposed to be played. But, you know, what I could have done, and what a lot of people probably would have done, is they would just get up, you know, take their helmet, start clunking people, start hitting people, you know, running their mouth, and that's not being a light. And part of the reason I didn't do that may have, you know, may have been I didn't really know what was going on, because <laughs> I just got, like, destroyed, but... Um, you know, the point is, I was a light in that situation. And uh, we actually went to halftime. We were down 13 to 6. And, uh, you know, we had a motivational speaker at halftime. And we actually went and scored uh, 44 unanswered points. And um, uh, we, let, we let them score a touchdown at the end just, you know, to make them feel better about themselves. But we ended up beating them 50 to 20, which uh, really gave us, you know, some momentum going into uh, Florida and the uh, Nationals. But uh, sometimes I've done that well, like being a light on my football team, exhibiting leadership both on and off the field, using more actions than words. But sometimes I've failed. In verse 15, he says, don't put your light under a basket. So I remember this other time when I was just coming out of Target, and you know, I was just walking, minding my own business. You know, I have my whatever I bought that day in this hand, and all of a sudden, this guy like, is like hiding behind a pillar and like jumps down and like, yo, give me your money. I'm like, what? What are you doing? And this guy's just like, Yo, yeah, seriously, give me your money. I'm like, am I getting robbed or what? No, no. It was a homeless man. He was just begging. And, you know, if somebody sees a homeless man, like, they ha all the homeless people have that stereotype. If I give this man my money, he's just going to go and buy, like, drugs and alcohol. Why would I do that? So I didn't. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't have any money. <laughs> and I just kind of went off to my car. I'm thinking, wow, that guy was weird. But, I mean, you got to think, like, this happens, like, often to, to all of us, really. I mean, whether you see someone and he actually physically comes up and asks you for something or, you know, someone's holding a sign, we oftentimes just, like, pass them by. And that's, like, a way that I struggle in my own life, you know. At very least, you could just say to them, you know, say, um, you know, I don't have any money, but can I pray for you? Or you can invite them to our church or anything like that. Like, you could even just take them inside and be like, all right, I got you. Like, take them inside, buy them a hot dog or something like that. But, yeah, that's just the way I've failed in my own life. Um, some of us may pass the first test and shine our light, but the why comes next. We shine our light so that they may see our good works. 
I like that, and so does pretty much everybody in here. But the danger is, people start to see and notice how good we are. And they actually start telling us. Which, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's, it's awesome to be recognized. As a free safety, I love coming out of nowhere and laying out a wide receiver. Getting an inter- interception, or even better, a pick six. It's even good to get a compliment at work and throw a bone to your parents every now and then and let them know they haven't totally messed up as parents. What tends to happen when we get complimented often is it usually goes to our head. We get cocky and we start comparing ourselves to others, which is never good. So Jesus uses the rest of the Sermon on the Mount to give us examples of how we are to live and be an effective light. In verse 21, Jesus talks about being angry and actually touches on murder in the act of murder beginning in our heart. In verse 27, he talks about adultery and how that begins with just how you look at other women. He says that being a light means you are a person of your word, that you speak the truth, that you honor your commitments. And all of that is in verse 33. In verse 38, Jesus says to go the second mile, turn the other cheek. If someone asks for your shirt, give them not only your shirt, but your jacket as well. I think Jesus knew football was going to be invented, and he says to turn the other cheek because every single time, every time you retaliate in football, you get the flag, no matter, like, literally every time, no matter what. So he just says, just turn the other cheek, you know, ignore it. He goes into Matthew chapter 6 and tells us how to be a light by teaching us how to give, how to pray, how to fast. These are all examples of the good works that we should be doing to reflect Christ. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount is written through the end of chapter 7, but I want to jump back to 516. So why do we shine our light so that others can see it? Well, it's actually pretty simple. The answer is, it's so that when they see you and my good works, they will glorify God. You see, it's not about us, it's about God. We have to remember that we are like the moon. We must be in line with the sun in order to reflect the light from the sun back into the world. If you only get one thing from the sermon, just know you are a light. I am a light. We are all lights. And whether you want to be a light or not, you are one. Whether you're, you know, a fading light, a flickering light, or a bright light like we all strive to be, you are a light. So what are you doing to enhance that light? What are you doing to, you know, give light to our dark world? As you go into your workplace, your school, your sports field, even your family or somewhere like here, your church, be a light and stand in the light. And as you reflect God's light into your life, do good works, say good things, have good attitudes, work hard so that when you see people, when people see you, it points them directly to God so that he might get the glory and fame and not us. This concludes my final service, and I'm going to Disney World. I've always wanted to say that, too. Thank you.